before I start talking uh, what seems to be not mundane things I'll say some mundane things <laughs> uh, if you're in the mailing list or around you probably know that there are a lot of things going on in August uh, beginning next weekend in Howell there's something going on a lot of people will be going there and following weekend up to there's something else going on I think at Dion's and then there are things happening in Arizona following weekend so there's going to be a lot of things happening in, in, uh, in August and I think it's because Rinpoche in Howell started this uh, well actually he would teach he would do like a big retreat right before August and then he would stop and then the, there would be like a break August would be like the break month and August would be the time that people would usually go and do their own personal retreats and I think in connection with that to keep the, uh, to keep the, the retreat attitude going that's why there are these retreat like settings going on and uh, we were trying to think of uh, doing a retreat our own, but uh, since all these things were going on, they let's let, let that continue so people can more have conflict of should I go here or there. And then later on, we'll come up with a, a date so that we can have a retreat and not have to worry about conflicting things. Okay? So for August, we are off. You're off. <laughs> okay? Uh, if you don't have one of those places that you're going to be going to, and if you want to come here and hang out and just to feel the vibe, you're more than welcome to do that. But we won't have any formal teachings during the month of August so that you can have the freedom of mind to go to those other places without feeling conflict. Okay, That's the first seemingly mundane thing. <laughs> the second seemingly mundane thing is, uh, uh, remember Tutanjimba? the story that happened, the thing that happened in Haiti with the earthquake and uh, he had, he wanted to go there because his, his, the idea was to go get his father and come back and it ended up being setting up a, a what you might call a mobile, extremely mobile naturopathic clinic. Okay, so he, uh, uh, he and uh, his, actually his naturopathic teacher, Yulia, went over there I went there with them the first year and uh, this, they set up this thing where they would go to different neighborhoods and basically reach people that the UN and all those NGOs had not been able to reach and give, and give them uh, naturopathic uh, healing. And they've had tremendous success. Matter of fact, the success has been too much. Uh, there was a lady who, who went with us the first time she was where she's from, I think Arizona or something like that. Tucson? Oh, yeah. And she, uh, she almost got burned out because it was really almost like from morning to night they were working. So that's, that ended, the first year ended, and then because it was so successful, people were asking, are you going to go again this year? That was last year. And then last year, I think there were, uh, a lot of people donated uh, a lot of medicine naturopathic medicine, and especially there's this big company that does, uh, what you call those things, uh, drops and flower essences. Flower essences, yeah, there's this big company that, that actually donated like boxes out of those things. And they were able to dispense that without, you know, uh, all this is free for the people who receive it. And also the amazing thing about it is that uh, if someone comes to them who they cannot treat, that they actually need to go to some Western medicine. They actually, uh, from the funds that we were able to raise, we were able to give them like, you know, like cab fare or something like that. Okay. So, because of your donations, you were able to make this happen twice. And some of you, I'm not sure exactly which one of you is the culprit, but some of you has been asking, are you going to go again? <laughs> so they're thinking about going back in September. So, uh, and this time it will be, I don't think, uh, it was the last time they went, uh, they had like uh, three uh, extra naturopathic uh, doctors 
go with them, and then, but it was a lot. Okay. So, if you are interested in helping with this cause again, so it's, it starts out again. Uh, there's an email that's going to be going out that, ex that will explain a lot of things that the woman will send it out uh, soon. Do you know about that one? <laughs> um, just email me uh, this afternoon. Uh, okay. And Eric will make it look nicer, I guess. Right? Okay. All right. And if you have some pictures, send it to us. So we can okay. All right. And uh, did you help with that website that they... Um, it's almost... Oh, which website? The Citronica, something like that? Well, we need to. No? Okay. Well, somebody helped with a, with a website called Citrona or Citronica, something like that. Andrea Lemon, okay, she helped with that. And if you want to go there, there are pictures of what happened and stories from people and things like that, if you want to go check it out. And I think there's also, uh, while they were there, they were able to help this other naturopathic doctor who happens to be, uh, who happens to live there. And they sort of set up a little fund for him to sort of continue to see people for free. He doesn't have to charge it. So he sees, and he ends up seeing a lot more people, and then he gets a salary, not you know, not a $125,000 a year salary, but something comparable that he can live, live you know, uh, decently. Okay. So if you want to help with any of those things, the email will come out. It will give you the the details as to how to do that. Okay. So that's that, and I think I mentioned everything that's already. And when we resume after the August uh, vacation, <laughs> we're going to change, there's going to be a lot of changes, okay? And uh, I hope I'll be ready for the changes. Uh, you don't have to do anything, all you have to do is just show up. <laughs> and then I hope you notice the changes, okay? Uh, so. I always try to teach as if this is going to be the last time, just in case, so that either I don't show up the next time, like it happens sometimes, <laughs> or you move away somewhere and some, for some reason there's no other te teachings going, going around. Okay. So, uh, so I always try to say, in case that happens, what I'm about to say should be able to help you and should be able to, uh, I'm hoping that it will help you so that, so that you can continue if there's not, no other resources around. Uh, I mean, it's wonderful that there are teachings going around. It's wonderful that there are a lot of people giving teachings in the traditional way that teachings are, are, are being, are used to be uh, given out and are continue to be given out. Um, and I think that perhaps uh, we're living, uh, even though the, the teachings keep saying, the traditional teachings keep saying that this is a degenerate, degenerate age, where by degeneration they mean means like uh, less beings are re, uh, gaining realizations. Okay. That's what I mean by degenerations. Uh, we, have, this, we, have, we have the means of communication that didn't exist before. Uh, the ordinary person can come to know about things that even great yogis couldn't get uh, access to. Now, we have access to it. And unfortunately, probably because of this uh, great ease that in, in, in incredible teachings can come to us, we don't give it the value that the great yogis would, uh, would give them. I remember there's a sutra where the Buddha talks about in a lifetime he received like, just a few lines of teaching and the sacrifice that he had to do to get just, that few, just those few lines of teachings. And he put it into practice. Okay? But nowadays we have already volumes of teachings in our, in our minds. What are we doing with them? We just put them somewhere in the shelf in the mind and we're looking for more volumes of teachings. And it's, uh, I mean, it's wonderful. Um, 
been new here yet, get, if you have nothing else to do, you know, the best thing to do with that nothing else to do is to get, go, go get some more teachings. But you know, the purpose of the teaching is, is not for you to accumulate a bunch of teachings and store them in your mind. The purpose of the teaching is, is to may, help you go to a transformation. And the transformation will take time. And how much time? Depends on you. And if you are um, feeling a sense of urgency with the teaching, and that sense of urgency, uh, you feel like uh, you need to uh, get somewhere. That might push you to that get somewhere might push you to get you know get as many teachings as possible. And as you are getting as many teachings as possible, your normal life remains the non-teaching part of your life remains the same, and it doesn't change that much. You you uh, it allows you to make time so you can go and learn. But once you learn it, you don't really have time to practice it, which makes the teachings sort of like almost useless. And when I say almost useless, is that yes, you become a little better in terms of your behavior. You don't uh, you don't react with uh, with, uh, with intentions to harm or intentions uh, uh, to. Uh, cause disturbance in your environment, which is good. But as far as the, the, a lot of the teachings that we get, we don't have the, the means of practice them, practicing them. That we, we, haven't set, we haven't set ourselves up, we haven't prepared ourselves sufficiently so we can actually practice certain teachings. So what do, what do those teachings become for us? What do, what do they serve us? They help us be able to tell someone else so that becomes the legacy of the teachings, something that gets just passed around, and no one practices. And everyone, when they hear about it, they oh, wow, ooh, beautiful. And then you hold it, oh, wow, beautiful. And then you can't do nothing with it. And what do you do with it? You give it to someone else so that they can say, oh, wow, beautiful. Okay. So that's it. So a lot of people hearing teachings, but not a lot of people getting realizations. Around the time of the, very closer to the time of the Buddha, almost everyone who got teachings, almost all of them got realizations. And it's not like it's impossible for you to get realizations. If you're hearing the teachings, you have the, you have the capacity for you to get realizations. And you have to be patient with yourself. Don't expect the teachings to bring about instant transformation. That I mean, there is a transformation that is taking place, but don't expect the, the teachings. You you're hearing that uh, uh, an incredible teachings that uh, describes the realizations that this particular teachings help you to realize. You see lights. You see Buddhas. You see you know all these incredible things, and then you, you fly. You dive on the water, you go out into the universe into a million pieces and you help a million beings. That's what the teaching is supposed to help you do. And all you have to do is just do this and that, do this and that. And when you do this and that, do this and that, you don't, you don't see yourself doing those things that the teaching is promising. So you get discouraged maybe. Or you just hold the discouragement in your mind while you're trying to do the teaching, you hold, you're doing the teaching with, with a sense of discouragement. So you're actually doing two things at the same time. You're trying to practice, and at the same time, you're strengthening your discouragement. So what do you do with those kinds of teachings? Go, or, what's the theme of this whole thing? Does anyone remember? This, this phase of teaching, this round of teachings. What's the theme? Back to basics. Ah! <laughs> Back to basics. Believe it or not, we're still on Back to Basics. <laughs> we haven't left it. And the thing is, with back, with, with, once you get the basics, you start flying. It's the basics that, takes, that really is taking a long time to grasp, taking a long time to, to actually master. Once you master the basics, everything else becomes very easy. Everything else becomes uh, 
easy to implement. And you don't really need to go and sit to uh, a thousand teachings in order for you to actually start getting somewhere. Once you master the basics, what you have really mastered is you have mastered the path, or you have mastered the, 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 the main components of the path, and you, all you're doing from, from then on is just making adjustments, making adjustments, making adjustments, making adjustments. Okay. The, the very preliminaries that we uh, are supposed, that's supposed to set us up to be able to start to meditate, to get into meditative state, that, that, that itself is what the highest path is, 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 is doing. So there's, the, there's a part of the path where you're doing things in your imagination, sort of setting yourself up, preparing yourself to do. And eventually those very things that you are doing in your imagination, you start doing them in your actual life. Instead of visualizing or imagining that you're helping a lot of sentient beings, you actually go out and help a lot of sentient beings. And the teachings, the, 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 the topic that, I, that we talked about last week, where in the very beginning, to sort of get rid of certain bad habits, you're given this particular way of thinking. Start thinking this way. Start behaving this way. And, all, and, and it, 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 it is presented to you in such a way as if this is the ultimate. But presenting it to you as the ultimate is just to, to appease our pride, to appease our self-conceit, so that we can say, oh, I'm doing something important. Okay. But eventually you have to let that go, and then start really doing practice. Okay. How do you actually get your mind to enter what is called meditative state? Because until you get into meditative state, none of those incredible practices will do anything for you other than keep you out of trouble. Make you sit at least for those 45 minutes, not doing something where you are, you know, uh, letting your mental frictions uh, run you rampant. Okay? Or you're actually doing something. When you sit down and then it seems like you're, you're doing nothing, where you're actually doing more things than everybody else is do, uh, 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 who's walking around uh, more than what they're doing. Okay. How do you get to that state? How do you get there? How do you get your mind to be in meditative state? First of all, this is something that uh, I think we struggle with a lot trying to get to. We spend years, decades trying to get there. You have to be, first of all, very interested in that. You have to understand what value is there in, uh, in, in getting into meditative state. You have to have some idea of what meditative state is that is in line with what meditative state is, rather than your own uh, imagination of what meditative state is supposed to be about. And when you're practicing trying to get your mind to meditative state, the, the easiest way to get there is to do nothing. Okay, what's that about? Because it's not just some uh, Mahamudra... Uh, 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 actually, that's the topic we're going to be doing next time. But we only returned. Uh, I think what was been lacking in what we've been doing is uh, focusing on meditation without having a meditation to actually practice meditation with. So next time we come, we're gonna the, the meditation that we're going to be practicing doing to help us get to meditation <laughs> will be Mahamudra. Okay. And yes, bring your idea of what you think Mahamudra is, but don't be don't think that's what we're going to be <laughs> doing. Okay. Like always. I'm going to surprise you. <laughs> okay. All right. So, the thing that will help you is stop struggling to, stop forcing your mind, stop struggling trying to get into meditative state. Is to simply sit down, do some whatever, watch the breath, count, count uh, sheep. <laughs> and while you're doing that, have an attitude of detachment and watching the mind. 
without any sense of judgment, without judging the mind. And this very, this very attitude, this very intention to simply sit back and watch the mind helps the mind starts to be focused. It actually helps the mind to enter a meditative state. But if you have, instead of having that part of the mind active, that is no, uh, the intention to simply watch the mind, instead of having that being where you rest in the beginning, instead of having to force the mind, okay, uh, uh, be quiet, stop talking, be quiet, stop talking, stop doing that, instead of all you're doing is just making the mind even more chaotic. If the mind is chaotic, just watch it. And actually prove it to yourself that the mind is chaotic. How do you know the mind is chaotic? What's going on exactly that you can say, my mind is chaotic? Don't just come and say, my mind is chaotic, and you can describe what's the, what's the chaos. Describe it. Find a way to describe it. And this very, this very attitude of, of like taking notes, okay? And uh, there's a lot of this thought going on, there's a lot of this emotion going on, there's a lot of this feeling going on. The, uh, and just, just that taking, identifying with that part helps you to make the mind become less chaotic. And eventually, while you're sitting there, while you're, while you're in that state, waiting to take note to see what chaos is going to happen, you're not going to see any chaos. And when you're able to put the note down, and you still watch, there's no chaos, then you start to move, deliberately start to move thoughts. And when you start to deliberately start to move your thoughts, then of course you're not going to be skillful at doing so. You're going to instead create some chaos. Okay. Then when the chaos comes up, you go back to taking notes, okay, what chaos just came up, what thoughts are there, what feelings are there, and what are those thoughts, what are those feelings that might come up? You might hear, you might be annoyed at the sound of, that's going around you. You might be, all of a sudden, a feeling of anger towards what's happened earlier may, may, may come up. All of a sudden, the uh, feeling of attachment, all of a sudden, uh, your mind is thinking about uh, some event that happened, re repeating it. So don't fight your mind because it's doing those things. Just take note, oh, my mind, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. And I tell you, it's not going to be easy to be just to sit down and just watch. You're going to find yourself being thrown into the, the what do you call it, the, well, we're it chaos for now. You're going to find yourself being thrown into the chaos where you say, I am feeling chaotic. Rather than say, there is chaos. There's, there's two, different things, two different things. You have to learn to say, there is, rather than I am. Okay? Don't say, I am chaotic. Don't say, just say, there is chaos in the mind. And then take note. What chaos do you see? What's the color? What's the shape? Okay. How long does it last? Okay. So that's your job. Until you start doing that job, unless you already have the good karma from previous life where you sort of naturally find yourself into a meditative state, that's what you have to do. And at every moment when you catch the slightest moment of quietude, where there's a, even a few seconds, a few, a few moments where the mind is actually still, and what's the first thing your mind is going to do? Trying, you experience it. You get excited about it, and the excitement is going to take you back into chaos. <laughs> now, don't get mad at yourself because you took yourself out. No, go back and observe again. And have a little smile in the back of your mind. Ooh, I did that. <laughs> I got there. And make strong recognition of those when, when they happen. Don't, don't, don't become prideful about it, but make strong recognition. I did it. I saw it. The same way you saw the chaos, you also saw, your, you saw the, the, the sense of the, the state of quietude also. And when you are able to keep seeing the state of quietude coming up, just by being able to see it, you will be able to bring it up next time. Because you're able to 
recall the characteristics. It's not just nothing. Okay, there are a lot of things going on. There are a lot of mental factors accompanying it. Be aware of those other mental factors that are there. Are you helping them with that? Doing my best. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, be, uh, recognize them. Watch them. Be, be aware of them. Okay. And just by seeing them, you're able to strengthen them. Okay. Just like when, just like uh, getting yourself caught up with the emo with the disturbing emotions, you you strengthen them. Okay. All right. Um, In the old days, the very good old days, you know, back in uh, about 2,000 years ago, <laughs> a teacher would give an instruction, and they would not give the next step until you come back and master the instruction. But the teachers nowadays say, if I don't give you the next instruction, I don't know what you're going <laughs> to do. So they give us all the instructions. And after you receive all the instructions, what do you do? You read the commentaries on the instructions. After reading the commentaries on the instructions, what do you do? You read the sub-commentaries on the instructions. <laughs> Guess what's the next question is? What do you do after you read the sub-commentaries on, on the instructions? Huh? <laughs> well, before you start doing the sub-sub-commentary, you start transmitting what you just got. What you just get? bunch of commentaries, normalizations. So when, you, when you're transmitting the commentaries, you're not transmitting realizations. And of course, a lot of people don't get realizations because realizations are not being transmitted. Okay. But, but a lot of people get a lot of commentaries in their minds, in their heads, and sub-commentaries, and sub-sub-commentaries. We're able to quote Nagarjuna, we're able to quote all those incredible beings. So, and what's the whole point of all those commentaries? Discipline your mind. <laughs> and once you discipline your mind, use that disciplined mind to just look at the reality for what it is. And keep going back, keep going back, and eventually you'll be free. And once you uh, achieve freedom, all those limitations that you're experiencing, it, it, the, the ability to fly, the ability to do all those kinds of things, will not be things that you acquire. It will just be things, it will be freedoms. Right now, the reason that you can't go to Mars right now, stop, don't go there. <laughs> the reason you can't go to Mars is because you're limited. You're not free. And when you reach that freedom, then being able to go to Mars will not be uh, will not be something that you add to your to your arsenal. It will be something. It will be just a freedom. Okay, you will not be limited anymore. So that's what all those commentaries are talking about. Discipline your mind. And once you discipline your mind, use that discipline to just look at reality for what it is. I didn't quite quote uh, the text that I, that I mentioned last time. I didn't quite quote it accurately. Uh, so experiencing the phenomenal world without addition or subtraction, this is the great seal. This is Mahamudra. And what's the addition? What's the subscription? Subscription to that. <laughs> that word. Uh, we already we're already doing it already. The addition, I would say, well, it's part of the part of the early training. Okay. Since everybody gets on your nerve because of the way they look, because of the way they appear try to see them differently. Tell yourself, oh, they're angels. 
Okay? That way you don't get upset with them. That's the beginning. And when you learn to just see things, accept things just as they are, then you have to stop, you can, you can stop projecting onto them that they're angels in order for you to like them. Then you can start liking them because they're sentient beings. Okay? That's why you should love them, because they're sentient beings. Uh, so that's the an application of the Mahamudra. Do not subtract, do not add. Just experiencing the world as it is. And do exactly the world as it is. The world, phenomenal world, as it is, is blissful. You don't have to add the bliss to it, so you got it. No need to add salt. <laughs> Okay. Any questions before? Uh, I never, I never done that. Wow, this is the first. <laughs> Any questions? Yeah, you say you're slender. You say you're slender. You're lying. You're meditating. And so when the thoughts come in, do you know why these thoughts come in? If you do that, you also get into trouble, no? Yeah. Don't ask yourself why they're coming. Just look at them. And later on, maybe, when you're able to ask without the asking disturbing the mind, then you can start asking. But right now, if you ask yourself why the thoughts are coming in, you might just end up making it up, be making it up, making up an answer. Or you might get frustrated because no answer is coming. For in the beginning, just watch. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking of the, there was a statement of, of a, in the, in the Zen tradition, you know, of one of the Zen practitioners who had achieved Gensho, I guess, their version of enlightenment, and he said, um, he said, oh, everything is exactly as it should be. I wonder if that, that harmonizes nicely with what you just saying. Yeah. See all things without elaboration. Yeah. yeah. Everything is just as it should be. Accepting, seeing the world for what it is, doesn't mean that, uh, or since suffering is something that you observe, will let suffering continue. That's not what it means. Okay. You can't really have true love and compassion, true love, true compassion for someone, when all you're doing is pretending them to be something, pretending that they are something, something other than they are. If that's the reason why you love them, you, you, what, you, what are you loving? You're loving your projection. You're loving you what you're pretending them to be. You're not loving them for who they are. Okay. And loving them means you want them to be happy. <laughs> okay? <laughs> right, here's a little incentive. Uh, that's the meditation we're going to do, that, a little taste of Mahamudra meditation. While you are watching the mind without judgment, while you're watching the mind without expecting it to be one way or another, just whatever is happening, that's what's happening. If you're completely confused, that's what's happening. You observe confusion. What color is confusion? What shape is confusion? Okay. Health. How, how much of the mind does it occupy? Okay. Then, at the same time, this is the incentive. Uh, this is the very Mahamud. I'm trying to make a word here. Mahamudric. What was that? What? esque so at the same time, we're just watching without judgment. Have a mind sort of expecting something incredible that will happen in, in flashes of mind. So fast, we might miss it. So that will help your mind to be hyperactive, hypervigilant. Something incredible is going to happen. 
So you just sit there while you're watching all those other things happening and your mind is focused and watching out for that incredible thing to show up. It will help you to also gain distance from those things and associate with them. And you might perceive <laughs> it's called the gap. <laughs> okay? That's an incredible phenomenon to, to observe. Okay? Alright? So that's what you're going to do, right? You're going to sit, try to go back to that where, where you were brought up earlier. Just sit there. You're going to do, for, for those of you who uh, don't like doing nothing, it's going to be annoying for you. <laughs> so you're going to sit there and actually do absolutely nothing. You're not even, even going to try to think. What are you going to do is just watch what's going to happen. What emotions come up? Oh, anger, jealousy, grade three. <laughs> okay? And at the same time, you're going to have a mind expecting something incredible to, to take place. And you tell me what, you're going to tell me what, what's the gap. <laughs> it's not the store on uh, Broadway. <laughs> okay. Okay. to a dedication meditation. Okay. At the end.
you act out of your meditative state, however deep you're able to get. Pull your thoughts back.
feel like enough. You can feel the happiness of the two people you've helped coming back to you. Do you feel like you could do more? Take the happiness that you feel coming back from them, the smiles you saw on their faces. I'm going to wrap it around you like a blanket so you can feel it. It's warm. and come back into the room. Become aware of your breath and your body. Become aware of your perfect teacher sitting in front of you.